On today's episode of The Glue Guys, a couple of news nuggets, Ooh. injuries, okay. Draymond mm. trade rumors. Why would that be? Did something happen? And, and Kevin Durant doesn't like babysitting. Mm. Uh, Anti-babysitting club. We'll talk about that. Plus, this is the annual Nets preseason players draft. Brian and I will draft uh, our ultimate teams via the Nets roster. It's a real gangbanger of a show. <laughs> Wait. Wait. That stays. Here we go. Into the show. To the glue guys, this is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at bkglueguysnetsdaily.com. The Athletic. Get yourself part of the paywall at theathletic.com slash glue guys, a subsidiary of the New York Times company, though we are not New York Times journalists. <laughs> Did you see it? You got a little pushback. Was there an, there was there a memo, Mike, that you got? You- I don't know if everyone's seen. There's like this big Washington Post uh, story about um, the the athletic yeah. merging and with you know the New what? York Times. It would come from the post. Like it, it would, right? <laughs> and it was basically all about us. They didn't want to name us, but it was about how like just yeah. there's like people representing themselves as New York Times reporters when they're really athletic reporters. So, uh, as a Timesman, really can you speak to how real the beef is between <laughs> the New York Times and the Washington Post? Is that something you're oh, allowed to well, talk about? I, I don't know. I don't. I literally don't. But I will say that the Times did do this pretty big story about the Post about how um, all the Post employees don't want to go to work. They don't yeah, want to show up at the office. So it's, everyone, it's a beef. It's a hates. proper beef. Yeah. So like, that's the time. The Times said that, and then now that's is now the Post is sending out their goss, and it was honestly. It was directed. I, I don't need to comment on the story yeah. because I'm it's I'm way below the line of the people that should be commenting. Yeah. Um. But it, they're really talking about our podcast. That's, I mean, it, it really could have said Mike Smeltz needs to stop in the in the headline. How and, fucking hilarious yeah. would it be if it was like? And there's this podcast yeah. that keeps every like the open of yeah. every goddamn show. Yeah. <laughs> all, if we got a cease and desist from the gray lady herself. Fantastic. It wouldn't stop us, Mike. It wouldn't stop. Anyways, what's up with those nets, Mike? It would, it it would it'd scare yeah. the shit out of me. Would it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, a couple of things. Great show today. I'm, I'm so excited. And uh, oh. Brian, thank you for doing this We're at this late done? of an hour. Oh, great show. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Hey, um, we've got a couple of news nuggets and notes that I want to hit real quick, but and after that, we're going to do one of my favorite things that we do. We do it at the beginning of the year, and we do it kind of like different tentpole moments. Nets player draft brian and i each draft from the nets roster and it really it's a good prism with which to think about like who do you really like on this roster who do you support um who do you think will have a real impact yeah um hilariously i think one of my teams was like Kyrie, james harden yeah it was just like everyone who sucked i think that was my team actually i can't remember well, well you've sp- definitely you're definitely the james harden guy i think you picked him first we're not supposed draft. to talk about him anymore mike that's what we're not supposed to <laughs> I, I will say a little housekeeping note shout out to the discord discord.gg slash glue guys if you're not in there you are screwing up you're screwing up call your mom tell them you're, you screwed up because she needs to know and everyone else, you know, get get in that Discord. We did a big fantasy draft, 18-person fantasy league, Mike. It went on more than a week. That's true. Right. There was a seven-hour... <laughs> Why do you bring this up in front of me? There was this a is seven, so two, cruel. Mike, you didn't join the league. You, yeah. I, tr- I, I was I told there was a... How, <laughs> how is I, it possible no. that you're the only person that couldn't, like, couldn't get in? What does that mean? Explain behind the curtain. I I will allow you the first explanation. Okay. What what was the process that you told me that I had to do? And was there a certain deadline? I gave, I sent you at least four notifications with a link to say, hey, can you join this? And you're like, yeah, yeah. And you made this gesture. Yeah, he yeah. He gets. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, yep. um, and then you just never yeah, showed yeah. up and you put in one note in the discord and a bunch of people responded to you and then you didn't respond to them and then somebody else took your spot. But I was told that the draft would begin on a Monday night 
and I yeah, was, I was ready told to that go. too, and they changed it. They changed it. So yeah, okay. that was okay. that was on the fly. Anyway, okay. enough housekeeping. You, you the- know that it gives me more pleasure the fact that I've been in my head wronged than I'm actually being a part of the league, right? Mike, like I think, Mike, I've known you, you for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I and I'm I think I'm giving you enough, you know, t- to chew on for that victimization complex. It's I'm I'm feeding into it a little bit, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can can I start with something, Brian? Please. So there's a, there's been a couple of stories recently. ESPN, it's one of their top headlines today on their website. Um, the Athletic wrote about it, about Ben Simmons and his comeback with the Nets. And it, it was just a news story. It's based off of quotes from practice. Um, the headline itself, and I'll go to it on ESPN, is Nash colon Simmons, quote, not going to be at his best yet. Okay, so it's fine. I read that. I read the story. It's just about, you know, the Nets explaining that, hey, Ben Simmons, you know, he's going to be uneven to start. He hasn't played basketball for a very long time, over 400 days. Um, he's getting back in the flow of things. And not only that, he also had back surgery. So mm. I think we all we all should have a level of patience with Ben Simmons. But there's some, there's some quote from Kevin Durant, who I don't know if you know, he's still on the team. He said about um, Ben Simmons, which... He tends to lean on this trope a lot, and I just want to—I just want to pick it ever so gently. Okay, okay I want to pick it very, very. My son had uh, hand, foot, and mouth recently. I, and I his actually, skin is, somebody else was just telling me about their kid having that. It must be going around, Mike. It is like it's so. Uh, let's not get into uh, yeah, virology, not, yeah. but it, it's going around. Okay. Um, and uh, and his skin is peeling like a snake at this Ugh, point. Oh God. <laughs> And I just want to peel a little bit of that skin off here and talk about this. <laughs> That's great. Um, this is what Kevin Durant said. So the, the reporters were asking him, Kevin Durant, what he can do to help keep Simmons's offensive confidence up. Reading from the Nick Friedle story on ESPN.com. And again, a lot of the tone of Nash's comments were about, hey, it's going to take a while for Ben and we need to help build up his confidence. This is what Kevin Durant said. Just trusting him, pass him the ball when he's open, tell him to be aggressive. I don't do too much. I'm not here babysitting anybody. Ben knows that it's time that he has to be aggressive to go be aggressive. Okay. Hmm. Here's here's what I'll say about Kevin Durant. Love him dearly as a basketball player. This whole like laissez-faire attitude with leading the team is mind-boggling to me o- on multiple levels. It, it, it's so like I understand the message of it being like Kevin Durant saying, and I'm scratching for the YouTube. YouTube audience can see me scratching. Yeah, you're fine. You're rubbing it really. You might have my supple hand, eyebrows, hand, foot, and mouth disease. Potentially <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. talked about that. And yeah. I'm infecting my own self. Um, he leans on this idea that everyone's a professional, and I don't need to do anything extra. I, Kevin Durant, I don't need to tell these guys to do anything extra. When classically within sports, Kevin Durant knows more about me, but I'm just going to say this, leadership does involve some level of motivation, some mm. level of, whether it's hand-holding or... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that kind like of motivation some, there's is some level of, 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 of bringing a guy along, of if a guy needs the boost, if this guy's important, it's sort of the point guard mentality, not that that's what Kevin Durant is, but hey, I'm going to get this guy's confidence up. Right, I'm going to do things both through communication, through what I do on the court, through just within the more random moments of practice and stuff like that. I'm going to try to continually build this guy up. Mm. And Kevin Durant consistently is like, I am not here to babysit anyone. Can, can I when, zag a little bit on you? Zag, zag, I, zag away. I, it's friend. not that I disagree with you. I just think it's it sounds like you are going to disagree. Please, <laughs> there'll be there'll be more con, more nuance really in this in this take. Just you wait. So I think. <laughs> so you're saying I'm broad? Okay. <laughs> um, I, I think you're representing one side of a leadership spectrum, you know, and then there's this other sort of. They're both effective. One is a little bit more um, antisocial than the other. But like, if you look to the Kobe Bryant's of of the leadership world or the Michael Jordans of the leadership world, um, you find that those guys were certainly not the, ba- the babysitting type, we, we could call it. Uh, and I would say, like, it, I agree with you in, in general that I think that the laissez-faire attitude that we're exhibiting here is is the it's the least of both worlds, right? It's not hand-holding, and it's not trying to light a fire under the ass with, like, alpha predator black mamba energy or whatever. 
it's somewhere in the middle of I don't actually care either way. You could, you know, I don't have a, I don't have a style or an opinion, but <laughs> it's airing more to the side of, you know, this is a competitive environment and people are expected to have competitive natures at this level and practices are going to be hard. And if you're not cut out for it, then, you know, boohoo, whatever. That's not my style of leadership, Mike. I think you know that. I think I'm, I think you know I'm incredibly sensitive at my heart. Mike, Michael, you're giving me a look like I'm not, I'm, you're hurting my feelings when you make that face. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, you're a sweetheart. Yeah. I am. And uh, so it's not my style, but it is one way of doing things. It is one sure. way of doing things. Um, so he's a little bit in the middle, and that's I, I agree with you that that's that's not that's not doing enough. But also, he's just not good on the mic. I mean, there's you know some guys who are just like, what, why are we expecting guys to have podcast? As a podcast, good on conglomerate. I should which w- Anthony Puccio is now collecting a four hundred one k addendum. Addendum to Pooch. Easy. Addendum. Do you think they give out a four hundred one k at the boardroom? I, I won't speculate. Do you think you have to wait I, a year? I can't. I can't. And I won't. Vision. Um, Do you think they get vision, vision benefits? Who can? Who? To, who's to say, Mike? It could be because um, Pooch likes to wear the glasses. He likes to rock. <laughs> shout out, the shout designer out to shades and his glasses. Um, Pooch, can you email us God. and let us know? Does boardroom vision medical four hundred one k matching? I need to know. Yes. I don't even, I have no idea what I was going to say. I was just searching for it. It's gone. Well, it was something. Yeah. First, I understand everything you're saying. One, oh, I will say he's, ba- he's bad on the mic. Caveat, addendum. I don't think he's bad on the mic. I don't in, think that's In fair. those contexts, he just, he's cagey. He doesn't want to talk to the reporters. He's that's- cagey KD. Here's the thing. <laughs> Michael Jordan and Kobe that? Bryant were, in fact, terrible leaders. What? what? Terrible emotional leaders. Count the, count, the, count the rings, dog. What are we talking about here? They were they were so great at basketball, so incredible on the court that they prevailed. But if you if you pre Kobe passing away, if you had heard a lot of the stories that were out about Kobe as a teammate, he was horrible. Look, I don't think so. Here's what I'll say, Jordan. Talk, did you watch the Jordan rules? I did. Looks like not a good hang. Toxic, not a good leader. Toxic work environment, right? I agree with you. Toxic work environment. Yeah. However, championships, contention all the yeah. time, always because I'm, they are so great at basketball. Yeah, I. Yeah. It's like David O. Russell as a director. Horrible work environment. Besides Amsterdam, usually great films. Apparently, Amsterdam's a clunker. Do you know that he has a movie out and it sucks? I don't know. I don't know anything about what you just <laughs> talked yeah, about. <laughs> but that's again for Bilga Ibiri. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Bilga. Um I, I I think it's hard to to draw uh, the the line as firm as you're as you're drawing it. I think it's hard it's, to Oh, it's a firm line. E- extricate. It's a, it's a firm <laughs> I line. I, I know you're you're unmoving it's in a that. Rock hard line over here, baby. I'm trying to think if there's what other examples of disagreeable people have had lots of success. I'm sure there's plenty. But. Oh, Steve Jobs. Yeah. Yeah, being disagreeable doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you're not successful. I, but I tend to believe that leadership, true leadership, is based upon the ability to uplift as opposed to downgrade. And Kevin Durant doesn't downgrade, right? I don't think he uplifts either. I just he has this um, sort of operating theory of himself, a modus operandi, that I am going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to do me. Everyone else should raise up to their level. He's he's the type of guy who like he's such a strong worker as a basketball player. He talks about it all the time how he loves the game. We know that like if we if you did a match the meme to the player, which is a great game we could play, match the meme to a player. Kevin Durant is the hardworking meme. Whatever meme <laughs> would be the hard worker. No, people like he loves ball. He loves. He'll never hold out the from the Nets because he hard, loves ball. That that straight down the middle, unironic, hardworking meme. Just a guy like the, the plowshare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's great. He's the Amish of basketball. Yeah. So, yeah. I. So it just he. So this kind of links all together with. The fact when Kyrie, this different person, I understand, but when Kevin Durant had his trade request and whatever happened, and then Kyrie was asked during media day, hey, Kai, did you talk to Kevin to try to tell him to come back? And Kyrie was like, no, no, we don't, you know, I wouldn't do that. You know, that was his business. And then Kevin Durant, before that, when he was asked, hey, would you get involved in uh, Kyrie's, you know, extension talks? He's like, no. That's that's his money. That's his business. I'm as even though I'm friends with them, I wouldn't get involved. I think maybe just a little more communication, a little more. We get it. We do have to grease up the lines of communication. That's yeah, for sure. Get the Vaseline. Don't be afraid to throw a compliment out there, Kevin. Yeah, 
Don't be afraid well, to. Don't be afraid, Kevin. Okay, this is you can. It's not babysitting by. I mean, what essentially the reporters again to go back to the scene. So the reporters hear from Steve Nash. I think this is the order of operations. They hear from him at practice, and then they go talk to Kevin Durant. And at Steve Nash says a bunch of things about how Ben Simmons, he's working his way back. We need to be there to support him. Steve Nash said, literally, the number one thing is support him, be there for him, give him belief. Okay, this is what Steve Nash says. Then they go to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant says, hey, I'm not here to babysit anybody. (laughs) Ben knows if he's got to be, this is the other thing. He says, Ben knows that if he's got a time to be aggressive, go be aggressive. Mm. And it's like, actually, the one thing Ben Simmons doesn't know is that. Like the the one yeah, that's key missing ingredient in, in Ben Simmons' brain, as much as I am enjoying the early returns, just like I like to watch him play basketball, is that he doesn't know how to do that. He he is missing that gene in his body, and maybe it needs to be developed a little bit I just, by someone like Kevin Durant. I chalk it up to bad communication. I mean, I think it's 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 not just bad communication internally, it's bad communication externally too. It's you know, for, for you, Mike, that'd be a softball, but uh, that you'd absolutely tee off on. You, Jared that, Dudley would have crushed that, that question. <laughs> that what be, would Jared Dudley have said? He'd say he doesn't need our support, but he, we got his back anyways. You know, that's look at that. How yeah. easy was that? That was amazing. <laughs> Buddy Egan PR. I it was still fantastic. still my doors are open. So, but um, <laughs> somehow, um, but yeah. So I just think I'd chalk it up. To, I don't. You know, we we can. It's a good thing that you brought it up. I thought that was a, an excellent little headline, but. You know, dissecting KD, I think it's what he says to the media. It's, it's a tricky business. Do you, so let me ask you this. By you saying that, I'm not saying that you are saying this, but what I'm asking you is, do you think KD does something differently behind the scenes? Meaning, does he try to uplift Ben Simmons versus what he tells the media? What he's telling the media is, I'm not babysitting anyone. He literally says, I'm not babysitting anyone. But do you think behind the scenes, he's doing a bit more than that? That there is... A bit more uplifting. I mean, do you want me to put him on my like full Freudian psychoanalytical cap here? Because I can. I mean, that's that's, dude, that's why you're on the bot. I, yeah. I mean, yep, I think I think potentially in KD's world, <laughs> that is actually Freud's. If for the YouTube audience, that is Freud's. I, I think to KD's mind, somebody asking like uh, if I think the questions around confidence issues in general are uncomfortable. I think that that would probably be seen as something that's like. Um, you wouldn't want if if I was KD, I wouldn't want people talking about my confidence, right? I think that that's probably he probably has a pretty strong allergy to questions about that, and so I think he's uniquely uncomfortable answering that on behalf of somebody else. And so it's like, hey, I don't know, I don't deal in that, I don't traffic in people's you know emotional well being. That's really not my skill, and uh, so so whatever you know, and and maybe that came out clumsily that he's not going to babysit him, but you know, I think to. I think to 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 attribute it like any like deeper meaning of like I I don't care about Ben Simmons is um, probably not. I'm sure he's going to be friendly enough with Ben Simmons. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Okay, I'm going to do this quickly because I do want to get to our draft. We'll take you know do this and mm-hmm. take a break. Do draft. Um, Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole. That's it. I would even say gave him a slobber knocker. Maybe I wouldn't and, say that. Yeah, and I will say talk talking about uplifting someone, <laughs> punching someone in the face. Not, not I mean, uplifting. literally. I guess you are lifting them up, just ever so briefly off the ground, and then yeah, we shouldn't joke. Um, people. You know, people people got hurt. He's Mike, fine. Jordan Poole, Mike, Mike decorum, Pool. Mike. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a punch. <laughs> Everyone, Mike, I Michael, mean, decorum. Okay. Apologies. <laughs> We are not, we are not the employees of the New York Times. Yeah. We are employees of the Athletics, so we can do what we want. Um, uh, I I urge decorum. Mm. Bri- urge it. Um, so, Draymond Green. After that happened, after the video came out, Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons, like everyone else in NBA media, did a podcast about Draymond Green. What's going to happen next? Uh, if people don't know, Draymond has a player option at the end of this year, but he could leave as a free agent. It's a big question for what the Warriors are going to do. Are they going to pay Draymond? Because they're already paying Steph. There's the idea that they're, they're not going to depart with Clay. Clay is too important to like the fabric of the team in that way. Do you, do you up Draymond? Draymond's not going to be like giving a discount mm-hmm. to the Warriors. And Jordan Poole, the guy he punched, 
is another guy who's expecting a contract. And apparently the contract is going to be in the Tyler Hero range, which is like, I don't know, like, what was it, 25 a year or something? Sure. Quite large and healthy like that. Mm-hmm. And mazel tough to Mr. Pool and Mr. Hero. Um, I say all this to say real quick, again, not going to focus on it, that if Draymond has another incident this year, the Warriors will trade him. I think he's on a no-strike policy after you assault your teammate in the way that he did, particularly with the video coming out. The public pressure of that will be, I don't know if it'll be overwhelming, but it'll be a, a factor. I think it is a possibility that Nets fans have to think about on their own. I believe Kevin Durant would want Draymond Green. Do you? What are you, basing, know what are you that, basing that on? Well, I know that the Draymond was a big factor in Durant leaving Golden State, but whilst in Golden State, I mean, Draymond was the guy that recruited Kevin to Golden State. Draymond and Kevin are, at least at the time, it, it was viewed that they were the closer of the two compared to like Clay and Steph were one friend group. They were Rachel and Monica. And Kevin and Draymond were Joey and Chandler. Right. And Steve Kerr was Ross. Classic Perfect. Ross. Perfect. Who's Phoebe? No. Bob Myers. Bob Myers. Because he <laughs> cries all the time. That's just Phoebe. Sick Got burn, it. Bob Myers. You <laughs> successful son of a bitch. Um, and so I think it's a, it's a very distinct possibility that if like Draymond has another thing, whatever it may be, and the Warriors saying, okay, Draymond has been banished from the team. We are going to get rid of him this season. He's too much of a distraction. Again, he is an expiring contract. That Kevin Durant would be one of the people that would be like, I'm trying to win a championship here in Brooklyn. I know Draymond is a a championship contributor. What would that trade look like? You may ask. So this is the equation that people have to figure out in their head before we get to our own draft. It would be the platter of role players. It would be like the Joe Harris, Seth Curry, uh, combining the Curry brothers and Nick Claxton at whatever point you're allowed to trade him. I don't, I think that's like in January or something. Or it'd be Ben Simmons. I guess you can't even trade Ben Simmons to the Warriors because of the Andrew Wiggins thing, right? Yep. So really, it would just be the platter of role players for Draymond. But would you want to have Draymond and Ben Simmons? I'm just saying people need to think about it because here's the factor. Whatever the Nets are going to be this season, even though we may believe that Kevin Durant maybe doesn't have as much power as he did on some level, I don't know if we even agree with that. Kevin Durant going to Mark's inside and saying, we need Draymond is a powerful moment that the franchise will have to figure out. And like, do, do the Nets do that? Is it, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying, think about Draymond Green. Food for thought. What would he look like black and white? Yeah. Let's do this quick break. Coming back. Hey, Nets Nets draft. Nets draft. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. And we're back, Brian. Michael. We don't have theme music for this, but this is one of my favorite things to do. You do we have... This. Yeah. Our Nets roster draft. This will be, Brian, you have been designated the first pick already. Really? It is a snake draft. We each pick. So I, you pick, and then I pick two, and then you pick two, and then I pick two. Yeah. Um, with any we, with any big three, this is this uh, firm advantage in, in my <laughs> corner. But anyways, good. You think? But well, your first pick. I get first. You only get one of the big three. Then I get the two dysfunctional guys. Oh, it's a guys. snake. Oh, it's like that. It's two. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, but you still get yeah. probably Kevin Durant if that's what you want. Um, Who knows? Find out next on the glue. Anyways, go ahead. It's a great thought experiment because it really signifies who we think matters on this team. Um, 
and it's partially present day value plus future day value. Like it's like who you who are your babies? Mm-hmm. What islands are you living on, and who are your babies? Okay. And I've got a lot of dino babies here. Dino babies. You ever see? Remember, did you remember that show, Dinosaurs? I think it was, and they were like animatronic. Yeah, of course. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, uh, you have the first pick. <laughs> I I want to drag this out. Everyone is on the board. I want to drag everyone this from out. Ben Simmons and Utah Wantanabe. I'm going to go with Kevin Durant for my number one pick. <gasps> Son of a bitch. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pull the trigger. Round. Okay, tell me why you like Kevin Durant more than <laughs> um, Ben Simmons or Kyrie. Yeah, I think Kevin Durant is a really good basketball player, Mike. I still think he's truly a top flight, top tier NBA talent. Don't see him dropping off. In fact, I see him adapting. I think we're at like the perfect time in his arc. And, you know, I, I've been holding on to the stick, but the playmaking stuff has just been really, um, I think that's truly the next part of his his growth. And uh, yeah, obviously, Kevin Durant, the best. Yeah, easy. So I'll, I'll go, I mean, I'll go, The I don't want to be cute about it, Kyrie and Ben yeah. Simmons. Don't be cute. Um, if, if I'm really doing a real order, Ben Simmons would be above Kyrie. I'm just so excited. I mean, it's, a, really? it's the new toy theorem of like, hey, I'm just excited to watch Ben Simmons. I'll feel differently in February, but right now I'm just so excited to see. I mean, he's an def- actual defender. He he is exciting on the defensive end, which is so rare for the Nets yeah. to have a player who's exciting on the defensive end. He is so odd on the offensive side of the floor. I mean, we talk about the aggressiveness. I mean, so many, even in the preseason, these games, he's dribbling the ball up to the free throw line, and he has, there's not a glint in his eye that he's going to shoot. Yeah. And the defender doesn't think he's going to shoot. No one on the floor thinks Ben Simmons is going to shoot. Ben Simmons is allowed to get to places in the floor that no one else is, but it just doesn't, there's not, like with Giannis, I mean, there were times when Simmons was compared to Giannis. Giannis from when he's like four feet out from the three-point line, it's like, holy shit, he's going to drive and try to dunk on us. Mm -hmm. Where Ben Simmons can get like pretty close to the hoop. And if the defender's just in front of him, the defender's like, I'm pretty good. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. But... He is a great passer, a great ball handler. He's a big dude, as I've analyzed before. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for him. And Kyrie, okay, let me ask you this. Pirate charter possibilities, okay? Uh, is this a real chip on the shoulder season? How much of a percentage do you think it's real that Kyrie could be like, screw you all. I'm I'm putting up, I'm putting up the fat 27 six and four or whatever the percent it doesn't matter but like i'm i am reintroducing myself as one of the best guards in the nba do you think that's a realistic possibility uh beyond realistic i think that that's fairly likely not like reinventing but i mean those are numbers that he basically had last year i mean what to expect a one point markup is is crazy i don't know that seems pretty likely to me the only thing i'll say about last year is that he's playing like once every two weeks and then he was fresh okay he was fresh as a daisy coming in. <clears throat> Which, and also, he, didn't, I mean, he wasn't weighed down by the COVID vaccine. He was he was lighter than the other players because true. he had you know vaccine. Luce, uh, Luciferin, no Luciferin. You have two picks now on the board. Is everyone but Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons? You've started with Kevin Durant. Who will be your second and third picks? You know this gets weird, actually. I, unexpectedly weird, unexpectedly quickly. Um, which is a little concerning about the Nets roster, though. I do like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of these guys are similar. It's pretty. There's tiers, right? So we're at a sort of an obvious tier here. I'm going to go Seth Curry. I think with my next pick. Um, okay, very interesting. Can I tell you something that happened on Twitter? Okay. Which is so totally stupid, but yeah. Um, there was a story on Heavy.com from Sean Devaney. I think is it the writer's name. Yeah. Um, where he was quoting an unnamed Western Conference executive about who may be available to be traded. And he was linking Mo Bamba mm. to the Nets. Now, I love, I mean, I love myself some Mo Bamba. Do you? That's a, I mean, he's super long and can shoot threes. That's. I've listened to enough weirdly Orlando people, and there's two camps on Mo Bamba. I'll say that. He's one of those two camps kind of guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's, there's the boys' sleepaway camp and there's the girls' sleepaway camp. I understand. Mo Bamba. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the this Western Conference executive, this unnamed Western Conference executive said, a trade that could work would be like Seth Curry and Cam Thomas from Obamba. And I tweeted out, this is crazy. Seth Curry has more trade value than Obamba. Because mm-hmm. no one really, like, no one was desperately lusting after Mobamba to no. such a degree. Yeah. 
And people were like, that is, you're crazy, Mike. You're crazy. Wait, people would trade Seth Curry and Cam Thomas for Mo Bamba? People people were thinking that Mo Bamba had so much more value than Seth Curry. I think Seth Curry is like, outside of the big three, is the best trade piece the Nets have because his contract is so low. He's been on so many contenders. It's pretty easy to fit him into any team because he has been on so many teams and been very good. Like, if the Nets wanted to pull the trigger on a Seth Curry trade, they're going to get... I mean, really, the thing to do is to, like, if the Nets are tanking, you trade Seth Curry for a first-round pick to some, you know, some team or whatever. Why is it that everybody on Twitter is so bad at... at like, not bad. Well, yeah, bad people. <laughs> Why are they bad people? <laughs> bad people. No. I mean, um, shout out to the Twitter. I follow us at EpiGigLucas for, for... Well, it's like we have such a short memory. Like, uh, I know that... So Seth Curry was hurt during the playoffs, so he wasn't as impressive. <laughs> but also, so there's not that much difference between him and Joe Harris and Patty Mills in terms of shooting necessarily. I mean, they're all fantastic elite shooters. Yeah. I like what Seth Curry does because he's a more of a ball handler, passer, not a good defender. That's fine. I, I think you have to grapple with that. But it, I I was going to ask you this question. I'm going to save it for burning questions. But okay. I have a lot of faith in Seth Curry, and I like this pick for you a lot. Thank you. I love that. You may not. I can't tell if you're going to like this one or not, but it may be the safe pick, or it might not. I can't tell. Well, here's another question. Are we conceiving this as just like the best players in a row, or are we actually kind of trying to piece together an actual five that could play together? Best players, yeah. Right. Don't worry about it. doesn't really change my pick, actually, but going forward, it might. Um, I guess I'm going to go Nick Claxton here, I guess. And that's okay. I, talk about it. So my thinking is like, I think the next best player is probably Joe Harris, like in practical terms. Um, that being said, Mike, we already have a little ankle soreness here. I mean, we're, I'm trying Jesus. to, I'm trying to think about our team. No, they said it's a, his foot's hurt, not his ankle. It's a totally Sorry, different foot, foot soreness. Um, yeah. And I'm trying to think about these tentpole moments. Like I expect we're going to be checking this graph here in a couple of months. And uh, if, we're still dealing with Joe Harris being sitting here and there and various forms of soreness, um, hand, foot and mouth disease, whatever it is. Um, I'll, I'll feel, I don't know you actually know why, because Nick Claxton has missed a fair share of games is in his own right. I, I do feel like this is more of, um, the Nick Claxton upward arc. Uh, I know we've said that every year. I know we always do this and this is part of this every is, year. We truly do it every year. Um, Cause we also do a Georgia Bulldogs podcast. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. basketball. Yeah. And we just said that there. Exactly. True. And that um, was the only time it was ever true to be honest. Yeah. yeah. But you know, early returns in preseason, you know, he's, he's still, still Nick Claxton and there's still the beefier, be slightly beefier. And there's still the looming threat of him having a, you know, I think the expectation of him having like a true breakout year is probably that ship may have sailed. Uh, but breakout in the sense that like we can get to, you know, I don't know, it's somewhere in the Clint Capella subcategory somewhere in that milieu. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's his breakout is just consistency. Yeah. It's like, can you rely on him for 25 minutes a game for most of a season? And that would be a massive breakout <laughs> because if people remember, he started the year last year on the Harden KD team. Obviously, Kyrie wasn't there. And, and famously ran only pick and roll with, with Claxton and Harden. And it looked okay. It looked okay. It looked okay. And it was. Yeah. It felt like, oh, they're going to develop something, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then obviously, no development I happened. I, happen. I think it's an interesting pick because I will take Joe Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, it, but Nick Claxton has... In the range of outcomes, like ultimately, is Joe Harris going to get better? No, it's probably likely he's going to be a little bit worse. Are we his foot soreness? Mm. I'm, a, I'm a little worried about the. I can tell you're, you're concerned. I mean, none of our guys are healthy. If you think about what we took, like Seth Curry's hurt right now. We don't know yeah. if he's going to even start the season. I mean, he, he should be close. Uh, ben Simmons just came back from his back injury. Joe Harris, um, he must have slipped on some snow. Some he found some snow in Brooklyn. Yeah. And because you know he famously busted his ankle, <laughs> only famous, only famous because you have made it. So, is that why the Nets wouldn't give us Joe Harris? Because they oh. heard our podcast. That yeah. would make a lot more sense than them <laughs> just being. Come on, all right, keep it moving. Them, keep them it moving. having You've a bad it. strategy. Okay. Um, and if you want to know the details, 
Go on our Discord. I talked about it on our Discord. I didn't say it on the show, but I talked about it on the Discord. Scorched you can find Earth. it on the Discord. Madman. Um, I'm going to go Joe Harris here, but I, I like your Claxton pick if you're going for upside because the best version of Claxton is one of the best switching centers in the NBA and a dunk fest. Uh, the best version of Joe Harris is what we've seen. Yeah. The, one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA, but like, there's some games where you don't know that he exists. Um, but I support you Joe do Harris. Know, you do know that he exists, and what you're seeing is something you wish wasn't what you're seeing. Like you see, like he oh, he's played yeah. very badly, conspicuously badly at times. Yeah, it, he has a bright spotlight on him when he plays bad yeah. because he's usually wide open from three. Yeah. Um, so you have just to reset the board after three rounds: Kevin Durant, Seth Curry, Nick Claxton. I have Kyrie, Ben Simmons, Joe Harris. My next pick. So to me, there are really only two guys. That you could debate. I think it's pretty easy. It's Royce O'Neal for me. Um, Royce O'Neal may be starting for this team because of the, the massive amount of injuries already that the team's experiencing. I gotta say, I'm I'm excited to have a, a guy who's allegedly a defender, though he, at times he's listed at six four. I think on Basketball Reference, Royce O'Neal six four, which is a wee bit concerning that he's supposed to be like our defender wing bro who can optionality down. To yeah, he's listed to six four down to power he, forward. He, doesn't he look bigger than six four though? I feel like that's something. There's something going on there. Something fugazi. I mean, he's he's two twenty six listed on Basketball Reference, so he's six four two twenty. That is a healthy sized human, um, but he's not really a power forward. Like he's not he's not like Mar- like Markeith Morris though. Probably not that much tall. Well, he's six nine. Markeith yeah, he's Morris way taller. Is, right? Way taller. Like Markeith can play center, and <laughs> Steve Nash has talked about him being a center for the Nets. Uh, but Royce O'Neal should be. He's the exact type of player this team needed. My question is: Is he better than Bruce Brown? I think he's a more consistent shooter. Like Bruce. Like had an amazing stretch at the end of the year to raise his three point percentage, but it was always a very it was a very like slow arcing shot that you had no clue if that was going to go in. Yeah, I mean, drawing comparisons to Bruce Brown is just a it's a fool's errand, Mike, because there's just nobody quite like him, and he still has our hearts, you know, really truly. Yeah, yeah, yeah Matt Brooks good. retweeted a video of some Denver Nuggets film guy it was like talking about Bruce Brown and how amazing he is going to oh, be for the stop. Nuggets. I, was I can't like, watch that. I can't even Burns talk about that. Man. Get out of here. Um, okay, so Kyrie, I, I take Royce in here. I think that was. Do you think that was a no-brainer pick? Uh, I think that's the right pick. I'll say okay. that because I could see because my pick is going to be Patty Mills, and I could see like you know I could see a season where Royce. I don't know. Just I don't think he'll ever like fall out of favor. Just be have one of those James Johnson ass years. You know. Um, where, do you think there's going to be a, a Patty Assange? Uh, yeah, I think he'll be the same dude, you know, Mills Lenial. <laughs> I mean, he was, again, we've talked about it a million times, relied on so heavily for so much of last season to, to a fault. Um, I think we all agree and, you know, fingers crossed prayers up. Um, everyone can, can come in and do work and then, you know, relieve some of the load that he's been carrying, um, and just be back to, you know, the Patty that we all were hoping to see just, uh, just to spark off the bench. It's not really playmaker, kind of more, you know, just kind of microwave offensive player um, with a heart of gold. And, you know, I want him on my team. Okay. I want him on my damn team. Yeah. We, we need Patty Mills to be more like um, Josh Gad is Olaf in Frozen 1, not like Josh Gad, Olaf in Frozen 2. Okay. We I need, know, yeah. yeah, I actually never saw Frozen 2. But <laughs> I think you want, you don't want Patty Mills to be a feature player on any level. You want him kind of popping into these big moments and just yes. being a, a momentary star. He was way too involved last year. Yeah. And he had to be way too involved. Okay. So you have Patty Mills. Who do you want next? I this got, is, we're getting down. Yeah. To- this is where it gets a little messy. And I, I don't know if I'm huffing copium here. I could be, but I think TJ Warren is my pick. I don't know if that's a crazy one. <laughs> do you know that TJ Warren's definitely not playing until at earliest November? Yeah, that's fine. That's three weeks from now at earliest. So, okay. Yeah, that's fine. It's three no, weeks. I'm just giving you information. I'm not <laughs> judging you. I'm giving you. I'm trying to communicate with you. Well, it's, these lines are not greasy. Okay, I'm not here to babysit you. Um, so 
but TJ, you didn't like that. You didn't like my babysitter, Jeff. That you no, were, no, I, you were no, checking no, your phone no, right I, at the time. I, I made no. My mom emailed me because I. Jeez. This is just going real behind the curtain. It's Prime Day early access on Amazon, <laughs> and I sent them a gift idea for the boys, and it's like kind of a big gift. Ugh. And I think my stepdad and my mom both just ordered it. Yeah, and I'm um, already thinking like. Shit, I'm gonna have to return like a, I'm gonna- a Yeti cooler, two Yeti coolers for the kids. <laughs> My God, um, <laughs> so I've I've picked TJ Warren here uh, because I'm high on him, despite the concerns that he might not be back till November, which is may never play. Yeah, get out of here, never play. So what? You it's go Markeith Morris? You go Markeith Morris over? No, it's the Nets. No, I I you picked another high ceiling for sure. I'm going. TJ I'm going Warren all could in. be. Could actually be the fourth best player on this team. That's what I'm saying. He could be the fourth best player on this team if 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 he is still. It's been a long time. TJ Warren played four games in the 2020 2021 season. He did not play at all last season. Now last season, I think there was some like there was also some like dispute with the franchise on some level. Yeah, but so it's been a minute since our guy, like TJ Warren, was last relevant in the bubble. That was the last time he was relevant. That, you know how long the bubble was? Not that long ago, Mike. Not by my, James not, wasn't even 18 yet. Not by my standards. Here's my thinking. I'm not going to look back on this and kick myself for not picking Markeith Morris. Okay? That's that's my thinking. Whereas there is a chance I could kick myself for not picking TJ Warren. All right? Can I ask you something about Bronny James? Sure. Travis Scott showed up to Bronny James's 18th birthday. What did you do for your 18th birthday? That's a good question. I don't know. Probably through Rager, you know, had, had and was a valedictorian or something. I don't know. What? What'd you do? <laughs> well, I think Bronny's been given a great life, and I'm happy for him. And it must be amazing if TJ, Travis Scott show up to your 18th birthday. I feel like 18th birthday should be the uh, natty light hiding in someone's basement, chugging vodka. Yeah, like that's what yeah. you should do when you're 18. Like you're, you're saying you feel bad for me. You feel like he's missing out. That's what you're trying to say. Like, does he have the joy of being in someone's basement drinking Natty light and probably like, not. I'm sure. Yeah, I know he could be on his dad's a billionaire. He, he, he might have bigger aspirations time. though, you know, than we did at that age. I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so. <laughs> um, let me, okay. So you have TJ Warren who is left on the board. Uh, Cam Thomas, David Duke, Jr. Kessler, Edwards, Daron Sharp, Markeith Morris, Edmund Sumner, and Yuto Watanabe. Um, Lordy Lord. I mean, I guess I'm going to take, this is so freaking lame. I'm going to take Dayron and Markeith. I'm just going for like pure minutes basis here. Um, Dayron is good. Uh, really showing up the front quarter. Is he going to play like a lot? What Dayron here? I'm impressed. Um, I, you know, I, I try not to come down hard on preseason and stuff. Um, I'm concerned about Dayron, and it's. Uh, I'm concerned about our front court more generally. If we have to rely on on Dayron for meaningful minutes, which it appears we will. He's. I mean, he's a guy who, whenever he plays, he gets a ton of rebounds, and he plays with energy, and there's value in that. I don't know if the athleticism and the length are. I mean, I know the length isn't. I don't know if the athleticism. Oh, thanks, Brian. Are um, Brian is clearing up the Google Doc, just tidying up it just a little bit. Um. So I think Dayron though has the potential to be like I think there's an opportunity to where it's like Dayron Sharp's actually better than Nick Claxton. I think that's available. So I'm going to grab that availability and that interest. And then Markeith is like he's going to play, he's going to be a like he's been a very good player over his career. He's a little he's very crusty. He's a crusty crab, but he's already shown the uh sort of crafty bulldogness mm. James Johnson for this season except he's been a better player than James Johnson has over their careers easy grab because what's left on the board is a uh, is a potpourri of yeah unfilled potential my issue with Dayron is I'm starting to lose faith in um the body control just every time I see him he just looks mm. slightly out of control just not super aware of his spacing where he should be you know there's just not a whole lot of high level you know, where should I be when and why kind of thinking going on with Dayron at the moment. And that, and that's a hard thing. If you're, if you're the, the center who has no real skills mm-hmm. offensively, you have to be kind of like Nick Claxton, where at least then you're an athletic freak where Dayron, 
I mean, I do. I think he's he's got a lot of room to grow. He's super young. He was on an amazing high school team. He was on a completely messed up North Carolina team where he was like the best player by far. He does produce when he's given the time. Like his per minute rebounding is always fantastic. Um, so it's there. And Markeith is Markeith. Yeah, yeah. I think we're we're fine with that. Um, I'm gonna go Camp Thomas next. Still, that I don't think you feel good about that. Yeah, I, a lot of there's going to be a lot of conflict from here on, um, which is interesting. But yeah, so for me, Cam Thomas is next, um, and I can just I'll click and drag him here just because I like to see it. You know, are we too hard on Cam Thomas? I think we probably are. I think we probably are. Like, I there's some guy in the YouTube comments the other day, and he was like, you know, um, actually, it's funny because he was like, look, he was led the league, uh, the summer league in, in scoring in college and scoring. And I went back and looked at who led the league and score, like who won scoring titles in college. Oh. And there are but a very few names you'll recognize on that list. Like, <laughs> and and yeah. some of them are like Jimmy, but uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmer for debt or, uh, or Doug McDermott, you know, it's a like bunch guys of, who went to Oakland Yeah. And Oakland is in actually Michigan. It's not in so Oakland. So scoring titles, um, they they mean something because there's also like a lot of good names on there, but um, they don't mean everything. Um, that being said, you know it still remains to be seen if Cam can translate that to the professional level. Again, very young. We um, we got lots of time with them. So and a ceiling that's still sky high. I'm, I'm bitten on ceilings in, in my draft. I'm, I'm realizing. Speaking of which. Um, I'm going to go Yuta Watanabe here. Okay. That's a mistake. That's, <laughs> that's a, that's a harsh mistake. I don't yeah. think, I, I think you're going to eat crow on this one. Like, because um, here's the thing. Daron Sharp is yeah. coming off the bench. And I think there's going to be a lot of times where I, having watched just this first two preseason games, Yuta Watanabe is potentially a significantly better rim protector than Daron already. And that's saying something because he's significantly smaller and just a totally different kind of player. But I think where if if Dayron, I think there's enough weaknesses in Dayron's game where it might become it might. And again, I'm, I'm using asterisks on all of this stuff because yeah, we're sure. super down far in the rotation here. Um, it could be possible that Yuta plays meaningful minutes, to, especially in the early going before uh, trade season really kicks off, where we're actually like, oh, God, we need some real answers for the front court. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, I love Yuta. Yuta. I mean, the <laughs> I like how you said I, it for, right the first time and then corrected yourself <laughs> with, a, with a hard um, D. Yuta. Yuta. Yuta uh, man. Uh, the I support your picks, Cam Thomas. I do think we we are just way too harsh on. Like I'm looking at his game logs, and the the whole thing about him is that if you actually watch the games there's so many impressive moments but there's also so much chucking that it's hard to differentiate like the he's just sort of like gaming the system he's like the guy who's cheating at chess you know the the 20 year old who's cheating at chess because he has like <laughs> a buzzer what? up his butt yeah <laughs> he's like yeah. cheating the system um right. he he had to cam had 10 games of 20 or more points last season that's not insignificant he had a 30 point game against the Jazz on February 4th, which is right about the time when this team really sucked. They actually lost that game by 23 points, so it makes sense that that would be a game he did really well. Um, I just can't... I, there's a lot I like about Cam, but there's also, like, his... What's what's the version of the, the, like the hexagonal chart where it's, like, your powers, like, Pokemon chart, where it's, like, yeah. he has strength, defense, speed... Um, Cam's like shot making is very high peak, and then his playmaking in terms of for everyone else is it's a black hole. Like I was reading about black hole theory, no big deal. <laughs> Quantum physics, yeah, you know Einstein, no big deal. Sure. Um, in actually, what, I said what book didn't get right? Uh, the New York Times. It was <laughs> okay. It's a website. Sounds good. Um, it's also a newspaper, but I guess. Um, and. Cam is such a black hole when it comes to every like that version of it, but you know I think that was a good value play by you. We, we had a good distinction that also got picked up on in the in the YouTube chat. Shout out to if, and also smash hey. the follow, smash the subscribe, um, hammerjack the Blake. Uh, somebody was saying like they're lol lol raffle copter at us because uh, we are calling 
Cam Thomas a bad shot maker, but a good uh, shot creator. I think that that's a good. I think it's a proper distinction because if you look at his field goal percentage and you know all those, you know the effective field goal percentage and all that good stuff, it's not great, especially if you take out the free throws, um, which he is good at. But and that's why it actually goes into it. Like it's the creation of the shot; it's not the making of it. Hence, all the free throws. Yeah, I mean, if he that, that, that's the whole thing. Like we even talked about the before last year, before the season even began, awful watching it from summer league. It was like. If he could just round his game to where he could stand in the corner and accept a pass and just shoot a three, that is that he would be an amazing three point shooter off of catch and shoot if he could round his game off of that based on his free throw percentage, which is fantastic. But he's not that type of guy. It's really hard to change your behavior in that way if you've been a guy who probably his entire career since the moment he was four years old. Yeah. Um, Mike, we're getting a little. We should long in the tooth. Yeah. Let's okay. Get to real it. quick. Yeah. So Yuda, I like Yuda. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'll let you finish up. So this is interesting. Um, Kessler Edwards. I'm super pumped. He fell to me because I think there's a version of Kessler that he's pretty pretty fun, athletic shooter. I'm pumped about that. So it comes down to Edmund Edmund the big Sumner the big decision and David Duke Jr. I'm excited for you to to, to completely mess this up. Can I tell you something? Yeah, I think again this is going to step on big questions. I'm quite high on David Duke Jr. There it is. But if I if I'm going percentages, you screwed up. You you botched Mr. it. Mr. Sumner is the guy you go with. No, you made the right choice. Sumner because uh, he's Ted. playing like backup point guard. It seems like Ted he is the won, backup point guard. Won my heart in two games of preseason basketball. That's all it took, and now he's in there, and I can't get him out, Mike. He's a six-five point guard on this team springy very like skinny dinwiddie vibes and can i say something a little ballsy mike okay he's got a pair yeah i like yeah. it yeah um and i like david duke jr uh, david duke jr so it's a win-win for me okay and uh really we, like david duke we, we don't really talk about him enough he's truly the red-headed stepchild of, of this podcast and the team in many ways on a truly reconstruct uh, a team that's rebuilding uh he would play a lot Maybe break into a real rotation, play a lot of minutes, and have an opportunity. Unfortunately, that's just not going to be the case with David Duke Jr. on this team. I just don't. There's just so many guys in his position ahead of him. So, what do you do with that? He, he would be an amazing Thunder. Exactly. Like he he'd be the guy who Zach Lowe would be writing about on the Thunder. Like if he played 20 minutes a game, and you'd be like, "Oh, this guy can do a lot of the things for you." But he's not going to do that for this team. It's okay. it's a, and it's a crying shame, Mike. You know what else is a crying shame? It's the end of the show. We got to go. Hey, come yeah. on. But what a great show it was. And Thank we're going to come back to this. We're going to come back to this chart here, Mike, in a couple months. Oh, yeah. And you're going to absolutely. I'm going to I'm going to screenshot eat it. Right a plate now. of Golden Crow live on YouTube when you when you takes off. Okay. What are we? The try guys. Come on. I don't know if you know that. I, you know, I know so, that I've like needed to follow whatever that controversy is, and I've just like been like, mm, didn't do it. Don't know. I have no idea. Damn. It's anyways. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, go on Apple Podcasts, give us a rate or review. Spotify. Hey, go on Last FM or Bandcamp and listen to our <laughs> podcast there. Just kidding. We're actually those are the two places you can't find us. <laughs> but everywhere else. Um, Check out YouTube, smash the subscribe, Discord. Get in the Discord again. Get if you want to learn Discord. about how angry I am about the Nets PR, it's right there. It's, it's in right there. there. Bye, everybody. Were you upset that I did that, Brian? No. Were you okay? okay. I, 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 I accept you, Mike.